0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey,
1: I got the bucket hat on. Looking good, in man. In honor of uh, training camp. Looking good. You gotta protect yourself from the sun. And also a shameless plug for the Dream 18. Coming up in about a month. I like it, man. Make sure you register Action Sports Jax, Dream18.com. No one on the stream can see your face.
0: Uh, why? Because I'm Because covered? of the hat.
1: Because <laughs> of the hat. That's probably a win.
0: That's okay. That's, That's going to be okay. People don't come for Brent Marno's face. You know what else they is, come for his hair.
1: You know what else is difficult? Is headphones. Yeah. And by the way, if I got my AirPods Maybe headphones in, under the hat? I got AirPods in. I got headphones <laughs> on. I got a floppy bucket hat on. Well, now, let's Watch be honest. Watch out now while you say that.
0: And, and, and <laughs> in terms of bucket hat, that is... One of the most aggressive bucket hats I've ever seen. Like, oh, yeah? That's like a full-duty
1: bucket hat. Yeah. Because usually they're a little, like... Yeah, they're tinier. they the yeah. tinier, yeah. Well, listen,
0: man. Am I hating Golf on it? Golf in the sun. Am I hating on I didn't say I'm hating Is on I'm buttons just saying. buttons on the side?
1: You can button them up? That's a I very aggressive bucket hat. Now, you're on to something, Coos. You can do it. We can go, we can go cowboy, cowboy style <laughs> here. We can go a little cowboy style <laughs> here. Where's the other button? Hmm, <laughs> man. Is that not good? Hey, man, you just do you, dude. You, you know I'm not
0: going to question anything you do. You're all good. I, <laughs>
1: you're not going to question anything I do? Yeah. I feel like you good. do question things he
0: does. I mean, I'll, I'll maybe point out some key you want the stuff strap here. strap on, too?
1: Uh, right there. Little uh, chin strap.
0: <laughs> Let's go and put that chin strap on. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> this guy's out back ready. That's what you look like right out now. Out back yeah, you, you look like the love child of like Crocodile Dundee, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I like it, dude.
1: Uh, look good. Anyway, yeah, uh, so a little... That's what we got, man. That's what I think of camp. I think of my bucket hat. Yep. Uh, so camp is on, and and uh, here we go. Let's play some football.
0: You know, my question is going to be my first question of training camp.
1: Whose legs do you want to know? No, about? no, no, no. Well, yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, then he's you make me sound a yep. little suspicious.
0: So let's go ahead and really get back to the bet here. <laughs> doesn't have to be weird. Who, who is wearing shorter shorts? Why well, I made it weird. Who's wearing shorter shorts? Gardner Minshew, Lavisca Chanell.
1: Here's the thing. I did not notice Chenault in terms of the short shorts. You always notice Minshew. Yeah. But there are two other guys now that you're leaving out. (laughs) Oh, I know who you're going first because people have tagged this person in my mentions. Cassius Marsh. Yeah. Now, he's a different cat. He is a different cat. Can't wait to get him on the show one day. (laughs) He looks like a fun guy. Oh, yeah. Um, But he's a different cat. He is. And I'll tell you the other guy that we don't talk about when we talk about the all leg game or short shorts game. (laughs) And that is Taven Bryan. Really? Remember, Taven Bryan came out to camp as like a rookie, and he had that short shorts okay. thing looking, but nobody really was that impressed with Taven Bryan. <laughs> but he's still got the short shorts going, and there you go. That's okay. your short shorts update. Okay. Here, well, then uh, I'm going to have
0: to judge it on Friday then because my bet depends on this. My, yeah. my call of training camp don't make it just Chenault. I have, to. I have to, though, because, like, to me, Minshew was rocking the short ones last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's in the conversation. And to me, like I said, if you squat
1: 550 pounds and you're a your wide receiver, hey, show what you got. Yeah, and listen, uh, listen I think that's kind of what Taven Bryan decides to do, too. Okay. Because he's a big dude, big yeah. athletic dude. Sure. And he's showing it off, what he does in the on the squat rack. Okay. And uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know... I know they're a little bit. I heard some attaboys for for Taven Brian. There we go. I'm gonna start Here the go. show with this. Here we go. Taven Brian, all pro, bring it on us. Let's nah, go. I don't know if I'm looking at him a little bit more, but I thought he looked in fantastic shape. I don't. He's always a big guy, but I thought he looked maybe he's a little leaner, stronger. Whatever it was, okay. maybe it was a little quicker. Maybe it's just like he's got he's motivated. He should be. Yeah, he's going to live up to the first round pick. He's going to play a big year He's an important part of the front right now, especially with the way they're banged up. Whatever it was, of the few observations you could make today, because it was basically like going to your local gym and working, watching the Jags <laughs> workout. <laughs> like you may have seen more yeah. at your local gym. Yeah, yeah. It was a little friendly dodgeball with a medicine ball. Oh, yeah. there was hurtling. Yep. You know, that was it. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's not over-dramatize. Oh, my gosh, it was so great to be out there. And also, uh, eh, listen, mm-hmm. it, it was what it was. It was fun, good to be out there. Fine. Uh, would I rather played probably nine holes? Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's good to kind of feel like football again. And I'm just not going to over-dramatize the observations. I thought Taven Brian, Josh Allen, I noticed uh, looking a little lean. Mm. It, and, and I don't. I don't say that in a bad way. I don't know if I say it in a good way either because I didn't. Maybe he just had to. Maybe he wanted to get a little bit better shape. Guys are never in their best shape in their rookie season because of what I always talk about. They haven't had time off. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to be in your best shape. I feel like he's put in some work and he looked better in a uniform. And I even said to someone, I was like, I'm not sure if that's because. Does he look leaner to me? Because the last time I saw him and a lot of times I saw him in the last you know, around a football field was with pads on. Well, that's what I was going to get at. It might be, but I, I, a couple of folks also noticed. Okay, So leaner, uh, not small, mm-hmm. leaner, uh, Josh Allen. And boy, does he look good. I mean, again, he jumps out at you. Mm-hmm. He's just such a specimen, man, and such a good athlete. He jumps out at me. Uh, so those are a couple of guys that, that I noticed just from a, a shape standpoint, Jags, I overall, I thought looked like they were in pretty good shape. You kind of wonder mm-hmm. when they get back. Right. I mean, you, you wonder how much weight do some of these guys have to lose. How much could they do it now? They've been back for a little bit. Some of the rookies been now going out there for a couple of weeks, the veterans for a week, week and a half. Uh, so uh, that that was it. Uh, yeah, you know, Minshew threw the ball around. I'll say this about Minshew. Uh, a lot of people talking about today, asking about his speed and is in shape. And I, I like, I don't really notice a big difference there. I, I don't. I'm sure he does. He put a lot of work in. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying Minshew to me kind of still looks like Minshew. Uh, I, I didn't notice like, wow, he really put on six pounds of muscle. Like <laughs> yeah. I could notice that on me, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know to, if I it jumped out to me uh, looking at Gardner Minshew, even though that's been a conversation piece this offseason. Oh,
0: it, it's been a huge conversation piece, and people love to say that stuff, right? Like, oh, this guy seems to add a couple pounds of muscle. Like, remember when Leonard Fournette put out, or he dropped some weight like two years ago, and everyone's saying it's like the lightest he's been since high school. That's right. Get ready for the all pro we love numbers. That stuff this hey, time fantasy of year. football fans, first round draft pick Leonard Fournette, right there. And what happened? He yeah. probably had his worst season. It, uh, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, like, listen, with Gardner Minshew at the quarterback position, quarterbacks come in all shapes and sizes, okay? You got your Ben Roethlisberger's, you got your Kyler Murray's, you got your Drew Brees, you got your Cam Newton's. Like, I don't look at one guy and say, well, this guy's going to be a quarterback because of the way he looks, okay? that's just It's not how the position works. All I'm concerned about right now with Gardner Minshew is, does he still have that arm mobility? Can he still chuck a football, and can he still make great decisions? If that's the case, then so be it. Now, obviously, he's got to clean up the the mistakes a little bit. Sure, you can add some muscle on here or there, but let's be honest, man, you play the quarterback position, and if a 255-pound outside linebacker or edge rusher hits you, you're probably gonna be hurt. Yeah. That's just the way that it is, man. Okay, so Or
1: it's going to hurt. Or it's going to <laughs> hurt.
0: You know what I mean? I was thinking of Cam Noon. I remember the first time I played against Cam Noon. Saw him on the field, you know, going to shake hands, you know, when he was a captain, and everything. I couldn't believe how big that guy was. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is stupid.
1: Yeah. You, you, I've you, seen him up close. He's You're a defensive
0: end, sir. It, yeah. You're it's not you're, a quarterback. you're not a quarterback. What what is going on here? Like the, the fix is in, let's just say. Well guess what? Cam Newton's been hurt too. Now, yeah, he runs with the football and everything like that, and he, you know,
1: obviously he embraces contact.
0: You embrace contact, but at the same time, Cam Newton—if any quarterback should have a, a healthy resume and a healthy career—look at Cam Newton. The guy looks like he's made of steel, but he's been hurt as well.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, listen, I understand. I'm not. I'm not dismissing what Minshew did. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you from an observation point of view, 40 yards away no, I hear on you. the football field. I was not like wow, uh, where I did notice Josh Allen. I even think Taven Bryant. I'll tell you another one. Cam Robinson looks mm-hmm. good. Again, we've seen a banged up, not healthy, not fully in sh- football kind of shape, Cam Robinson trying to make his way back from the ACL for two years. I mean, now he's a grown man even more than he was a grown man and, and now in good shape in, in a critical year. But I thought that was pretty noticeable, too. Mm. I mean, past the look test. So, again, I don't want to dismiss what Minshew did. I think it's important. He wants to be strong in the pocket. He wants to be strong with the football. He wants to not turn that thing over, and that was an issue in his first part of last year especially. He wants to be a little quicker. He talks about speed. And there is a durability factor of playing with pain Mm -hmm. for the entire season in the NFL that you – it does not necessarily always correlate from the college game to the NFL game. So I get it. I understand. I think it's a great thing. And I'm glad that he feels that way. I'm just telling you, for me, I didn't jump out like, whoa, uh, which is OK. You know, I will tell you what jumps out at me about Minshew. And this is going to sound like a knock. I just think it, it shows the chip on this guy, the drive in this guy, the competitive nature of this guy. And listen, I embrace this stuff. I was not the biggest guy in the world. I got a 90-pound 15-year-old who I think <laughs> the best 90-pound baseball player in the country because he's probably one of the only ones. Um, so, <laughs> a little biased. Uh, so, I love that stuff. Yeah. And and I think that adds something, man, that you can't you, – you, you, when you like – it just adds a little something that you can tell with Minshew. But if you look at the four quarterbacks on that roster, holy cow, does he look small. Yeah. I mean, you got Mike Lennon now. Well, yeah. six – what? Six? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and the uh, Luton and yeah. and Dobbs are kind of like look like normal quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It does jump out at you when you see it, even though you've already seen it. The size, like he look, he's not, he's what six foot? I think Minshew is Minshew, yeah, well, shade over six foot. Mm-hmm. He looks based on the QB position like he's five eight. Sure, like he really does. Yeah, and I'm I'm not trying to uh, blast him here at all. I'm just telling you that does jump out at you. Mm-hmm. And and even uh, Gruden mentioned it today. Jay Gruden said, hey, listen, he is not the biggest guy. He does not have a rocket arm. Acknowledge that. But he's got a savvy about him. He's got great anticipation, accuracy. And, again, there's other things in there on Minshew that you can't teach. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's such a compliment to him what he's done to put himself in position in 2020 to be the, the the – Undeniable leader of this football team going forward. It's an amazing story. You have to remind yourself about it. And he's got the opportunity of a lifetime. He's got, he's got this Powerball ticket that we don't know how much it's worth, but you got to wait until like January to cash it in. And it might be worth a buck. Or it might be worth $100 million. And he's walking around with it for the next four or five months. But he's put himself in position to have that lottery ticket in his back pocket. I I don't think you can stress that story enough. Heck, once again, McShay, whoever, today, first pick in next year's draft, the early mock draft, Trevor Lawrence, Jags, 2-14. and 14. Yes. There's no faith in the guy. I love the story of Minshew. But it, it, you'd be lying to yourself if the first thing you don't notice out there amongst the four quarterbacks on that roster like, he is kind of small.
0: Yeah. Well, we we'll keep in mind too with, with the whole Mick Shea thing. He may have some faith in Minshew, but there's no faith in the Jaguars this year. That's true. Obviously, yeah, we, we, I think we can agree, regardless of how Minshew does this year, Brent. If the Jaguars win two games, they're going quarterback. I mean, you have to because it, it's all about correlation. Yeah. Where if Minshew only wins two games, it would be they hard for Minshew to really
1: look good and win two games. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, exactly. I, I don't I don't. I, we'd be kidding ourselves uh, if we said that. So anyway, it's a good listen. Good day out there. Yeah. Uh, you'll go out there later in the week. I'll yep. go back out, I'll there. out there. I do say this, okay? Uh, and we're going to get into it a little bit, and we'll we'll hear from Ben and we'll we'll talk about some things that that are are going on with the Jags. Uh, twofold. One. It, it's it's good to feel like there's football around the corner. Mm. This thing does not look like it's stopping. This is a train that is rolling along, and it's not off the tracks. As much as you hear about college football, the questions about it, as much as you hear about high school, the questions about it, the NFL, what they've done so far appears to be working, and it's on the right track. Now, we've got four weeks to get there, mm-hmm. to the destination, mm-hmm. and that's just the beginning, but it's on the right track, Another thing, this thing will ramp up a bit next week. So when we go out to practice, you'll see a little bit more, the offense versus the defense, the one-on-ones. The phasing of this is so different. So, again, I tried to tell everybody, anyway, it kind of felt like an OTA or or a walkthrough Mm -hmm. in a lot of sense. Um, But it will ramp up uh, early next week. And uh, lastly, just because I think people do wonder, and, and this was our first chance to see it, I was not bothered a bit by the protocols in place. Uh, you know, listen, there can be cranky media folks. Sure. Oh, what are you telling, man? Have you been in a press box with the food sometimes? I thought things went really smooth. I think the Jags handled it well. Uh, the NFL must be doing this all across the league, so they've handled it well. We did not have the contact tracing. Uh, that's not the level. Uh, that uh, uh, that we could be at. Like Stewart had one of those it beeps if you get too close to somebody, and there's a contact tra- uh contact tracing device. Uh, and he already had to do in the last week to uh, COVID-19 tests in case they go inside to the flex field. So mm-hmm. he did that, but we didn't because we were like, it's unnecessary for us to go in there. If we, if we can't go into that practice, we just won't watch. And so they're trying to limit the amount of people. Uh, didn't need to do that. But outside of that, we had to fill out a questionnaire. Uh, we got approved for it. Uh, the, yesterday and then the questionnaire this morning, you ha- take a temperature check, you stand six feet apart, you wear your mask. Yep. Uh They've got designations where to stand and watch. You could go on the bleachers if you want. I mean, I, I think the Jags did a good job with that. I don't know from their end if it was as seamless as it felt from our end or my end, Uh but it wasn't bad at all. Mm. Uh And it looks like everybody's kind of – it looks like the norm, mm-hmm. which is wild, Uh mm-hmm. that it already, for the players and the coaches – Looks normal. I understand for us it wasn't. It was a little different. But for the players and coaches, it didn't look like they were bothered by any of it. Were the coaches wearing masks too Then everything? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, coach, uh, Milo, w- when he was getting everybody going, yeah. he would be all by himself in the center of the field. So he might pull it down to and talk. shout to yeah. everybody to hear. But yeah, masks everywhere again. Very, uh, they sprayed everything down right after practice as we were leaving. Um, Typical protocols, I guess, that we're all kind of used to now. Correct. But to see it out on the football field in the practice, and it didn't feel that bad. Like, I guess we're all accustomed to the new norm in a way. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's really the moral of that story. Uh, But uh, it definitely is a part of the story uh, to see how that part of it unfolds. All right. We'll talk more Jags about on the field. uh, shoot talks. Jay Gruden talks. Uh, I have a hard time (laughs) when I listen to Jay Gruden talk. Yeah. I hear John Gruden. Yeah. I hear Frank Caliendo. <laughs> Have you ever done that with with guys like? Did you ever get to the point like, it, say, I mean, maybe it's Trump now, but I, I don't watch Saturday Night Live or uh, enough or yeah. or whatever it is. Going is Are they even doing Saturday Night Live now? Well, not right now. It's because it's, of the well, pandemic. No, no, they're doing it because of the
0: pandemic, but it's just they're, they're off season okay. now. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, but let's just go back to like Clinton or Bush. Okay. All right. Yeah. And. You know when they would do those guys on yeah. Saturday Night Live, I, every time I would watch them talk in person, I would relate to yeah, the yeah, Saturday yeah. Night Live skin. For sure, for right? sure. Yeah. Well, I'm like that with the Grudents. <laughs> like I go to Caliendo. Yeah. I, I I can't. I'm listening to him talk in the news conference today, and I'm like, oh my gosh, who is it? Yeah. He sounds just obviously just like John. Yeah. And. Quite frankly, it sounds just like Frank Caliendo. <laughs> did, did, did you watch Hard Knocks last night? I
0: did. Did you see Sean McBay sounds a lot like Gruden as well. He like does. Sean McVay uses like, the same mannerisms and the same the tone same, almost as, same like as John, John Gruden.
1: The, the same cadence, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Exactly. It's crazy. But about nice. ESPN going after him for a Monday night football game, too? Right. Wow, interesting yeah. stuff. We'll talk a little bit about Hard Knocks. Jalen Ramsey, I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up as well. But let's start with the Jags. The latest on college football, young... Football teams and youth in sports. Why does it matter if the Jags are young? We got that on the docket as well. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 6 tonight.
0: I think the big thing so far as, um, you know, clean up a few things technique-wise with drill work with Coach McAdoo. Uh, he's bringing in a lot of experience, worked with a lot of really good guys. So uh, all the quarterbacks were just eager to learn from him. And then I think once getting in the offense, it's all about communication. You know, uh, whether it's at the line in the huddle, uh, just making sure everybody knows their job and um, all the quarterbacks are doing a good job of getting everybody where they need to go.
1: <laughs> if, if there's a guy that knows how to answer the question, Or knows what the answer to the question is when it comes to learning a new offense. Yeah, (laughs) it is definitely Gardner Minshew, the dude right there. I mean, the guy has learned at least six new offenses since he was in, like, counting high school, probably Mm -hmm. uh, in the last seven or eight years. I mean, it's unbelievable talk about terminology. Yeah. But he's a bright guy. We've talked about that in the past. Uh Jay Gruden you'll hear from him a little bit later said, "Hey, he's really spitting that thing out good." Uh now he's just got to go try to execute all of it and, and that's sandwiched in time. Uh but you know, I, I I sense no panic by the Jags whether it's Minshew with a young football team, uh, learning the new offense or even Gruden today talking about um uh, you know, "Oh my gosh, we got to do this in a hurry where we're we're days away." I think that's the beauty of no preseason games. If there were preseason games, I'd feel like just because there's a game, they would feel a little more pressed for time. It made so much sense not having preseason games. Mm-hmm. I know you don't love it because it, it takes opportunity away. I'm well, just, Can yeah. you imagine right now? They haven't even had a full practice. No, I hear can you. Can you imagine sneaking two preseason games in between now and the start of the season? They have not even had a, a regular practice, and it's August 12th. Listen, I understand that,
0: and I get, obviously, player safety is the number one priority, and if you trot guys out there a little too soon, not having been acclimated with wearing pads and things like that, you're doing your team a disservice by getting them hurt. Yeah, I mean, I completely understand that. But once again, you know exactly how I feel, Brent. I I feel like in order to gauge who belongs on your team and who doesn't, especially such, such a young team, you need those preseason games. Okay, so to me – there's no difference between a preseason game and a super hard practice where you hit and go live. Because if you're Doug Marone right now, I feel like you have to. I feel like you have to have some sort of live periods um just to see who wants to hit people and who doesn't. Like, who who belongs on this new team and who doesn't. So... I get what you're saying, and I get where you're going with it, but at the same time, is it really that different if you track guys out there in a live practice as opposed to a preseason game? And keep in mind, preseason game, you're going to rotate guys in. Guys maybe get 15 to 20 reps, and you rotate them in, and obviously the starters probably wouldn't get that many reps anyways.
1: Yeah, interesting. That Uh That, that is... I'll I'll be able to answer that question a little bit more when I see some ramped up practices, correct? right, Mm -hmm. and and what that does look like, because we just don't know how far the Jags are going to take it, how much to the edge, how much that it will look like a preseason games, even Mm -hmm. if it's a few reps, few series, whatever it might be. And that'll be, boy, that's going to be a fingers crossed kind of moment for a coach all across the league. But for a coach, that's fingers crossed. No doubt about it. Uh, so anyway, if you're just jumping in, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Wednesday. Got a little fired up, a little pep in, uh, in all of our steps, I think, because I'm telling you this. there are, The question of the last few months, are we going to have football? Uh, are we going to have baseball? Are we going to have golf? Are we going to play sports? We, yeah. <laughs> you know, all this stuff. I can sit here today and still... I have no idea. In fact, they're just coming out with some more information, I think, uh, a recommendation to move high school football back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a big meeting coming up on Friday. But college football, we know the Big Ten and Pac-12 are done. I can't tell you we're going to get to September 26th, which is like this new date for other conferences, but the SEC has been leaning toward anyway. That's a long way away. I I don't know. I, I, have, I feel like they will, but now that the Big Ten and Pac-12 aren't, I don't know if they're going to hit the go button on that when we get to the 26th. I'm telling you this. I have full faith, and this might be so naive and dumb on my part. Mm -hmm. I think the NFL season is happening. Mm -hmm. I really believe it's happening. We're a month away. If you were a month away from baseball season before that kicked off in, in middle to late July, you're still kind of like, I don't know. Uh, you, know you still kind of wondered even how these bubbles going to work now that we've seen it. Okay, pretty good in the NBA and now NHL. I'm telling you, the protocols they've put in place, even though folks end up on the COVID-19 list, it looks like there's a lot of buy-in across the NFL, not just here in Jacksonville the comfortability it looks like after seeing that out there today and kind of what it looks like, there's not a doubt in my mind we're playing football in September. The next question becomes, can they make it all the way through the season? Fair question, but I will stay consistent with what I've said. Major League Baseball, they've basically said, hey, Marlins, try to catch up. Hey, Cardinals, try to catch up. I think when professional leagues begin the season, they ain't stopping them. No, They're going to get to the finish line.
0: Listen, I agree with you. I think that if the NFL makes it to week one, then yes, there will be football. But let's keep in mind what's happened up until now, Brent. We're talking about NFL teams starting training camp right now, having some of their very first practices. And essentially, this is the first time that 80 or 90 players have been around each other you know, since True. last December for some teams. Okay, So it's easy to say right now, day one off, everything looks good. The protocols are working. Well, yeah, they're working the first day. Let's give it a week. Let's give it ten days when guys go home and maybe venture out. Let's see what it looks like after a couple weeks or so, and let's see if it's gonna work or not. Like to me, that's gonna be the telling point now. Once again, if you can kind of go off without a stick here, and you know maybe a couple guys here or there get COVID, but you don't have a pandemic like you did in Miami. Well, then you're good to go, and then bring on the regular season. But I'm just saying we still have a couple more weeks to see if this thing's going to properly shake out or not.
1: Well, the scary information for the college folks, at least according to them and reports, was the heart condition. Mm -hmm. We have had players test positive, we would think. Uh, It's a hard distinction to make, but players have tested positive. We now know three coaches based off hard knocks Mm -hmm. have tested positive. Doug Peterson, Sean Payton, and now Anthony Lynn. Correct. So. I think the big win right now in professional sports outside of this, and there's a big asterisk now. We just don't know. We don't have enough information. But outside of the heart condition stuff and where that leads is the fact that there have not been folks put in ICU and hospitalized and, uh, with once they've been uh, tested positive mm-hmm. for COVID-19. Will we get that? I don't know. Uh, but I think it's a good sign so far that they've been able to recover, get off that list, get back on the field to some degree. Now, we don't know all the details. People may have had a lot more problems than we know right now. So in fairness to that, but publicly what we know, we haven't seen anything like that yet in the NFL And really across the board, even though there's all these positive tests for the Cardinals and the Marlins, we haven't had anything like that jump out and scare the heck out of professional sports just yet.
0: Let me ask you this. I think we're on the same page right now where we feel like if they do make it to the regular season, they're good to go. Okay, and, and I feel like if you do have a problem like the Marlins did, it's going to be the same initiative it's going to be like, all right, we'll try to keep up with us. But let's keep in mind, Brent, this isn't baseball we're talking about. This isn't well. You can play back to back. Yeah, you can play double headers. This is the sport of football where you need at least five, six days of rest, or you know, of just kind of to taper off a little bit to prep for a game. You can't go back to back days with football games here. So when we talk about player safety and things like that, what is this going to look like if a football team misses? two weeks straight, Brent? I mean, are are we talking like, yeah, make it up in the back end? Or are you at risk of maybe just taking an L and saying,
1: all right, well, you lost this game? Well, I think there's a – I don't think there's – judgment on that yet uh i don't believe but i think we could get to a point if that is the case where especially one or two teams are highly impacted Mm -hmm. and cannot play although there's extra practice squad put members now and and sure you might not be as good as you thought you might be going to that game but you might still be able to play with with uh transactions and all this other stuff uh but to your point if there's something drastic then i think we'll end up going to a system of Winning percentage, which is what we're going to get in Major League Baseball, it looks like anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, There'll be a barometer, I would assume, of amount of games, a threshold. But then after that, it could be like the ACC has already said, uh, right? They're going to do winning percentage. And I think partly the reasoning for that is, what if one team plays eight games and one team plays nine? Uh, or 10 mm-hmm. you know so well now we'll go winning percentage on that so i, I that's way down the road uh, well maybe a month down the road but we'll see it's a good question well and listen i mean they have to be ahead of this right i mean they have to be ready for those I'm kind sure of situations they have those. Let's, hopefully, hopefully let's hope they are. they've asked the same question you just asked yeah exactly because we are wondering what questions were asked and answered about college football in mm-hmm. the last week mm-hmm. and really the last few months mm-hmm. because it looked a little disjointed over the last week so it's fair to wonder nfl looks like they are way more on top of it though and in line Mm -hmm. and you know what that's because well in this sense you have a commissioner and a pa so you have two sides that can hammer these things out you don't have that in college in fact you have no idea what the structure in college is because the ncaa the presidents the ad the head (laughs) coach then the players yeah that's one of the big problems. I was talking to someone out there today. It can't, I mean, it really is one of the big problems. You have no way no on to discern that stuff and come together to make decisions that are in the best interest of everybody. Mm-hmm. It might take a little while to iron them out, but Major League Baseball did it. Yep. The NFL did it to get to this point. And speaking of, there, uh, it, there's new information out uh, today. Uh, Tom Pellicero just tweeting this out, and I think it came out a couple hours ago. But the NFL told clubs today the positivity rate of COVID-19 tests among all players and other Tier 1 and Tier 2 personnel through the first two weeks of training camp has been less than 1%. But daily testing will continue until further notice. Remember they said if it was under 5%, they would go every other day? Mm-hmm. Well, the NFL and the NFLPA just this afternoon agreed, at least announced it, this afternoon, that they will continue to do daily testing until September 5th. Great buy-in from the PA, Mm -hmm. right? Great buy-in from everybody involved to say, you know what? Yeah, we said that, but let's stay on this thing. Let's continue to go every single day, which obviously costs more money Mm -hmm. uh, for the ownership. But but let's be honest, money's not the issue here. Money's not the issue. But I think it says a lot about the players and their buy-in to get it done.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you have to, once again, you know – you can't do things stuck in the ground. There has to be some kind of meeting halfway, and this is an example right now of meeting halfway. I think obviously we want to compare it to college football, the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I don't think sides were willing to meet halfway. Now, whether that was a lack of of a players' union, whether it was the you know maybe the selfishness of presidents whatever you want to call it they didn't meet halfway and now they're not gonna have a season in the fall so it's good that there is some communication obviously i always stress that and that they're they're willing to find some kind of common ground here and trying to play out the whole season
1: yeah so i, I think that says a lot uh, about what they're trying to do to get to a season so give everybody credit in the nfl um from that standpoint all right gardner Mitshew uh, is he talked today jay gruden talked today as well you know, we're leaving one guy out probably, and I've actually a couple of times I've asked about Minshew uh, to some folks, and I said I, I've continued to say, and I've said this for a long time, I love the idea of Minshew and Gruden. I just feel like there's a fit there, mm-hmm. and and that's a guess on my part because I don't know Jay Gruden enough. Uh, I feel like I could at least know Minshew enough to make an educated guess. You've been in his house, Brent. You better know him. <laughs> so I think uh, I I do feel that though, mm-hmm. and then and when I say that. Some folks are like, and don't forget McAdoo. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Because I don't see that. Like Ben McAdoo to me, like Gruden has like this cool. Part of the reason I say it is like a cool side of Gruden. It feels right. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I I got that. And and with all due respect to Ben McAdoo, I just don't know him. Haven't been around him. Mm. Haven't really heard a lot from him failed in new york but he's been around aaron Rodgers and eli manning and these guys so that's great Mm -hmm. i'd be saying i don't have a feel for him and so i don't know where he kind of fits in that kind of the the cool kids club of michael and gruden
0: to (laughs) to, to basically sum this up i think you're getting that like listen jay gruden has that vibe that he's kind of a players coach right like you can joke around with jay gruden obviously he's got a personality a lot like john we've seen a lot more of john but they they, they, kind of share the same characteristics right With McAdoo, we don't really know much about him, obviously a head coach of the Giants, but he seems a little more kind of business-oriented, right? A little more the East Coast. Serious. Yeah, kind of, you know, the take-no-foolishness kind of coach.
1: Yeah. That's what it seems like. I think so. But I'm just sharing that when I've said that, don't forget about McAdoo, I feel like there's a good relationship here Mm -hmm. uh, with all these guys. And, uh, you know, he's a QB coach. So that's important, too. Uh, We'll hear from Jay Gruden coming up, but uh, I'll... Again, I find reason to get excited about their offense way more than others do. Mm-hmm. Uh and and by the way, that is nothing from what I saw today. I mean yeah. we saw a forward pass or two and that's about it. <laughs> for, sure, for sure. So that's not like oh my gosh, here it goes Brent. <laughs> we got Chris Conn and <laughs> Nick Foles hooking up every single day. Let's go. I think I've just been pretty consistent with that, uh with what they've got. Uh yeah. from from young talent to some proven talent, uh to a quarterback that I like more than others like, uh to Players planned for a lot, like Fournette and and Didi and Cam Robinson, to players that are still trying to prove a lot and prove mm-hmm. their worth, like even an Andrew Norwell or AJ Can uh, and Minshew. Mm-hmm. So I, I like all this stuff, and then you add in guys that have done it before with with quality players at a high level and had success, in McAdoo and Gruden. Yeah, well- I just I just can't find the. Just absurd amount of failure that other people want to find in their offense, in Mm -hmm. their offense. I'm strictly talking about that right now. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously,
0: it has to be a cohesive unit, and it has to run like a finely tuned motor. Now, you have all the parts there, and the parts look fantastic. Can they gel? Can they get along? Time will tell. But you want to talk about, you know, obviously, the players have a lot to play for. Well, so do the coaches, okay, because sure. we have Ben McAdoo right now. Keep in mind, former head coach New York Giants has had a fall from grace and is now a quarterback's coach. You think Ben McAdoo is satisfied as being a quarterback's coach? No, nah, man. He wants to be an offensive coordinator and work his way to probably be another uh, head coach someplace else once again. Well, how do you do that? You have success with the position that you coach, and and most importantly, that's Gardner Minshew and that's the quarterbacks. Listen, no one's giving Gardner Minshew a chance right now outside of basically me, you, and some other uh, probably I'm sure the local you know m- media probably here, and maybe like one or two sprinkled in on the national media, but no one's really given Gardner Minshew a chance. What better what better trait to put on your resume right now and say, you know what? I coach Gardner Minshew to a, an eight and eight season. I coach Gardner Minshew to a Pro Bowl. Check me out, send him a resume, and you're probably going to get an upgrade main offensive coordinator spot someplace else. So McAdoo has that going for him. Obviously, if you're Gruden right now, I'm sure he's got aspirations to be, once again, a head coach someplace, if if it's not here, right? So, once again, you come into a situation right now with Gardner Minshew, with a very young team, the youngest in the NFL, if you have success here, who knows what happens to Gruden. So, I get what you're saying, the players lot to play for,
1: also the coaches as well. Well, I like where you went there, and I want to come back to that uh, when we come back. A, a quick thought on the coaching, because this crossed my mind when I was out there today. I'll share it with you, uh, and I think there's a lot on the coaches here. Yeah, A lot. I think you just brought up a very good point. Uh, and could we talk about players in their contract years? <laughs> oh, every coach on this staff right now is in a contract year. Mm-hmm. We know that. Front office might be, too. But well, we know the coaches are. And uh, it's it's fascinating. I'm going to point out a couple of guys uh, that will directly reflect or could reflect on the coaching staff coming up next action sports shacks on espn 690 jump in on the conversation we're on facebook youtube and twitter also on twitch you can join us there or you can give us a call 904-362-9901 star star 690 phone lines always open here on espn 690 as a player i know he's a powerful guy with a lot of speed i did a lot of work on him coming out of lsu and uh, obviously his uh statistics and his durability everything was uh status quo he's a great player you know and, and everything you've seen on tape with jacksonville his production last year was excellent um and so far so good Man, he's been working hard he's learning our new system and uh, I'm excited to work with him that is Jay Gruden the new Jags offensive coordinator yeah. or was it John I'll tell you what man, or I'll, was tell you it what, man. Caliendo? I'll tell you what man I'll tell you what man
0: what a lot of film on him, man you know
1: I don't know Jay Gruden so I almost like feel a little odd saying it yeah. like this and kind of presenting like that because he might hate it <laughs> yeah, like if if I'm always being compared to my brother. Or some guy who impersonates, I'm not sure I'd like it. Yeah. And he might be tired of it. I mean, you might be tired of it, but you understand. I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, you you can't.
0: Listen, you have to be that self-aware where you know what's up. So I don't think he's that tired of it. Bro.
1: Yeah, we're going to try. I don't know if Koo's is going to be able to pull it off. We'll, we'll see. If we don't do it today, we'll do it like tomorrow or something. But yeah. I want to do, I want Coos to play some sound from Jay Gruden, John Gruden, and Frank Caliendo. And we have to figure out which one is which. Guess that. Gruden. <laughs> Very good. There uh, we go. I didn't sum it up as, as succinctly as you did. Oh,
0: you're good. Nice word, by the way.
1: Uh, well, that's I, succinctly coming off uh, your promo there where you say succulent. Succulent. <laughs> ah, yes, <laughs> yes, solid. yeah, yeah. All right. We got a few minutes in this segment. Um, and In a bit, I'm going to talk about youth and sports, and I'm going to relate it to the Jags yep. in, a, in a positive way because I wore a bucket hat today, and I'm sunshine and rainbows <laughs> on uh, some football uh, happening here in Jacksonville. But yeah. You brought up a great point. Jay Gruden, Ben McAdoo mm-hmm. have a lot to gain. Let's leave Doug Marone out of this. Doug Marone's a head coach. Of course, he has a lot to gain. He's a couple million dollar job. I mean, it'd be nice to be around here for a long time if you do. Everybody knows that. But mm-hmm. not so many people think of the other coaches. And they might think of Todd Walsh or, or, and usually the offensive coordinator. But Jay Gruden and Ben McAdoo potentially have another if they do well with this situation, whoa, oh, that's going to raise – Yeah, that's going to get some people's attention across Correct. the National Football League. Fair enough. When I was out there today, I thought about that kind of thing, not as it was relative so much to McAdoo and Gruden, although what you said makes perfect sense, especially if they get Minshew to play well. Kind of mm. like what you said about Nathaniel Hackett with Bortles. Yep. Nobody's high on Bortles. He gets them to play well, man. That's going to be a good sign for him. Yeah. Well, he did for a bit, and then it kind of knocked down. He got fired, and then well, you end up in Green Bay. Not a bad situation. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> F.O. with Aaron. And, uh, <laughs> and um, now Jordan. The But I was thinking of this on a couple guys, okay? So hear me out. Okay. I watched Taven Bryan a bit, and I'm like, whoa, Taven Bryan's going to get a chance here. People have already canceled Taven Bryan. It's mm-hmm. a bad pick, bust. Meanwhile, inside the building, they still say, we see some good things out of him. Heck of an athlete! If he performs, all of a sudden Todd Wash, the D-line coach, you should get a lot of praise out of that, right? Isn't that like, hey, they coached him up, they developed him. That's what you, that's what you do in coaching is you try to develop. Whether you're at the high school level, the coach, the the college level, where you recruit a kid, you can't just say kids five star go play and oh man we're we're golden. Yeah. You got to coach that dude up. I mean mm-hmm. that's part of the profession. We don't talk about it a lot on sports radio, but it's part of the profession. The Jaguars, Bars I mean, I can make the case that Warhop and Marone have done a nice job with AJ Can. Mm-hmm. Got got a lot out of Can last year. Where it was the platoon situation they put him in? Where was he what was the situation again? Where was he uh drafted? Well, Can's a former 4th round pick. I want to say pick, okay. But a lot of people thought he was out of here. They re signed him, saw enough good in him. And then last year, I think he probably had his best year. Sure. Now, he split some time, but he has best year. Mm -hmm. If Cam Robinson performs, don't you have to tip your cap to the coaching staff? Warhop again on that offensive line. DJ Chark from year one to year two. Now, we said this before maybe the biggest star on this football, this staff, could be Keenan McCardell. Correct. But I think, has a chance to be a head coach sooner than later. Mm-hmm. You don't just go from wide receiver coach to head coach often, but I tell you what, man, I think he could be on his way. Well, but-
0: And keep in mind, a head coach, one of your biggest MOs, elevating talent. Taking talent where it's at and taking it to a new threshold. Obviously, the Jaguars wide receivers right now, from what we've seen, especially from DJ Chark, we'll see this year with Chenault, Chark, and Westbrook. I mean... S-
1: say no more. Yeah, and Westbrook could factor it. I'm going to leave you alt could- out of this because he's such a young guy. Okay. But I think if DJ Chark becomes like a bona fide one guy and takes another step this year, the credit to McCordell should be big. Mm-hmm. The credit, if Minshew plays well, should be Gruden, McAdoo, those guys. That's correct. The credit, if Cam Robinson has a great year, Can continues to develop, Jawan Taylor continues to develop, they should go to Warhop in some way. If Taven Bryan finds it, Mm-hmm. And becomes the guy they think he is because he's so athletic, and the guy that nobody else really thinks he is. Mm-hmm. I think Wash and and those guys deserve credit for coaching him up. Well, no, yeah. no, no, no. You're absolutely yeah. This is
0: where my mind's going now because I'm trying to put my mind in that of a Jaguars fan, right? And and it's funny how this shakes up, right? Because right now, how does the Jaguars fan base? Would you say how do they feel about Tavon Brian?
1: Uh it's done. Bust. Correct. Why?
0: Why do you think so? Because he was taken the first round, right? Absolutely. If Tavon Brian was taken in the fourth, fifth round, big like, ah, it is what it is. Fine. A little but, more
1: patient, but I wouldn't exactly. be talking about. Kind of like but,
0: smooth. Exactly, but he's a first-round pick. Yannick Ngakwe, third-round pick, right? I think that goes more on the coaching. It's like, wow, they really brought him up and developed him. Well, and what found it, him? But but here's my point, though, Brad. This is what I'm trying to say. When you have Dave Caldwell, the GM, and and you bring in, like, a DJ Chark, you bring in, like, a Yannick Ngagor, not really first-round guys, but still pretty high-taking guys... It's like, well, they, they developed them into fine players. When you bring in first-round picks yeah. or or high second-round picks, well, then it's like, oh, well, the, the GM misfired. It's, it's not the it's not the coach's fault good that point. they didn't develop them, right? So, and I'm not saying that's the right thing. Cause it's not the right thing to say. But I'm just saying that's what people think when we talk about, well, first-round busts compared to maybe
1: bringing a fourth or fifth-round run we are trying to develop. Yeah, what's the point of the conversation for me? The point is we talk about Cam Robinson and Minshew and Fournette and all these guys having a lot to play for this year. This coaching staff has a ton to play for. And keep in mind, the barometer is low. The expectation is low. They don't need to go to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl to be considered a success. Yeah. At least internally. Mm -hmm. They're actually in a wonderful spot in a weird way. (laughs) (laughs) You're not lying. I mean, listen, for zero expectations this season, they're in a pretty good spot. All right. uh, Youth is a big part of the Jags. Why, that could be an advantage. Next on ESPN 690.